Have you ever wondered how to pray or what to even say in a prayer? Or does prayer even work? Today, Neil and I talk about why we pray, how we pray, why and how it works, and what we do to make ourselves more available for answers to prayers. We totally break down our step-by-step process of an individual prayer and why we believe in the collective power of prayer, too. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Neil today. Hi. And we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, and that is prayer and how we speak to our Heavenly Father. And You know, I just have seen so many things going around about prayer and please pray for us or pray for this or whatever. And I have to tell you that there were many years of my life where prayer was not a super strong part of my testimony or my belief in, you know, my faith, I guess. I did it more out of habit. I did it more out of like, this is just kind of what we do. And it wasn't until I was a little bit older and really had some powerful experiences that that solidified my belief and understanding of how prayer works. But the reason why this came up is the other day I was talking to one of my good friends and she said, Corinne, you and Neil should really do a podcast on prayer, just explaining how to pray. And she was saying, you know, there's a lot of people out there who don't even know how to say a prayer. And I told her that First of all, that's such a great idea. And second of all, it's so true. I know there are that we talk about prayer and you'll see things on Facebook like, please pray for this person or we could really use prayers. And I know there are people who read that and think, well, I don't maybe I don't know how to say a prayer. I've never prayed or I've seen people pray, but I don't know exactly how to go about it. So we're just going to talk first of all about the definition of prayer. So Neil's going to take that one. Yeah. So this is really cool. I, this definition spoke to me. This is just from our, uh, the scriptures that we use, includes a section um, called the Bible Dictionary. So it'll just take a lot of the terms, the basic things in the scriptures, and then it'll kind of use scriptures and different definitions to paint a picture or create a definition of a certain topic. So this is the one on prayer. Which totally makes sense to me and helped me understand a lot more about how to approach prayer or or how to look at the topic. So it says, as soon as we learn the true relationship in which we stand toward God, namely God is our father and we are his children, then at once prayer becomes natural and instinctive on our part. Many of the so-called difficulties about prayer arise from forgetting this relationship. Prayer is the act by which the will of the father and the will of the child are brought into correspondence with each other. The object of prayer is not to change the will of God, but to secure for ourselves and for others blessings that God is already willing to grant us, but that are made conditional on our asking for them. So I really like that definition. It just makes sense to me because I think that in order to have some confidence or feel like I can pray, I've got to understand about who, who am I praying to? What is the nature of God? And I I think just for myself understanding or, or seeing in my mind's eye, someone who is like a loving father figure or a loving God, it makes it more of an experience where it's, it's approachable opposed to someone that I'm afraid of or fearful or like, I don't want to bother him with this, or he doesn't care about me or he doesn't care about 
what I care about. He thinks this is dumb or whatever. Um, but understanding that God is perfect, he loves me and he loves, you know, he loves us. Then, you know, as a father myself, if some, you know, if one of my daughters or, you know, my little son were to ask me for something, I wouldn't think it's dumb. I would, I would be listening, especially if it was something very important to them. Um, I would, it would be important to me. And so I think that understanding that relationship and then trying to feel that out as I'm praying and align my will with God's will helps me to understand a little bit about, you know, what is important to God and he wants the best for me. And so that he's going to try and inspire me as I pray to be directed to the things that are going to be best for me. Um, so it's a really cool, really special process. Well, I think it can sound really overwhelming too, but it's actually very simple. And I, I want to just highlight a couple of the things in that definition, which is so cool. I don't know that I've ever read that. So I'm super glad that you were familiar with that and shared that. But first of all, that prayer is securing blessings that Heavenly Father's already willing to give us if we will just ask for them either for us or for someone else. That's a really cool concept to me. But then also, I think Neil and I have talked a lot about how prayer sometimes can feel a little bit like a, a drive through menu, like, you know, like driving up to the Chick-fil-A drive through and saying, I'd like a, you know, a blessing on this and maybe some of that, Heavenly Father, and can I get this on the side? You know, and that's really not how prayer is supposed to be. It's really supposed to be, first of all, I think it's a conversation for me when my prayers are most meaningful. I'm having a conversation with my Heavenly Father about things that are concerning me. I'm, I'm talking to Him like I would with any other person that I have a relationship with about the things that are on my heart and mind. And then asking, certainly asking for help where I need it, but most of all, like, the number one thing for me that I've learned is saying, you know, whatever Heavenly Father's will is, like, help me to be accepting of that and to know exactly what He wants me to do. And that is really where I feel like my relationship with my Heavenly Father and my understanding of how prayer really works completely changed. But before we go too deep into that, let's talk about the how. If someone's listening to this and they're like, I don't even know where to start. I've never said a prayer. I kind of want Neil to describe that because he served a mission for our church for two years. And we're just going to tell you guys, this is how we do it because this is what feels right to us. This is the way that we practice prayer within our family and individually and as a couple. So if you were to meet someone who wanted to have a better understanding of you know, how to talk to God and their relationship with Heavenly Father and where to even start. What would you teach them as a missionary? Yeah, no, and I think this was a really cool part of being a missionary, which is basically going on and I went to Canada and we go talk to people about God and our beliefs and about spirituality. So I remember me actually meeting kind of a younger guy. He was about our age at the time. I was like 19 or 20. And uh, he didn't, he didn't know. He's like, okay, like I'm all for it. I'm trying to change my life. I want to be better. Like, and we talked a lot about prayer and praying for help. And he's like, I've never prayed before. Um, and for me, it's something I'm, I look at and I'm like, wow, I, I really take that for granted. Cause I've, I've always kind of had that format and, and been in a family where like we, we prayed all the time, but it was a really cool experience being able to show him like, okay, here's how you do it. So 
the way that that we pray it's very it's very simple so there's there's basically four steps to it or four parts to it so it's addressing god so we will say something like you know dear heavenly father and then we will thank him for the things the blessings that we have so then it's like we thank thee um and we'll kind of you know be grateful for which i think is just sets up the tone to really be receptive to God's influence because it's put you in a kind of a state of gratitude and recognition mm-hmm. of all the things that he's done for us, which when I really think about it is everything. And so kind of starting out with that, then we move into, we ask thee, which is basically asking for the blessings that we, we know we need, or we feel strongly about, or feel that we need. And, and the cool thing is, is going into it, God already knows what we're going to ask him and he already knows us so well, but prayer is, is, as that definition says, it, it aligns our will with his. And this is kind of where we can do that. So we ask him for things that we need, and then we close in the name of Jesus Christ. So pretty, pretty straightforward. So addressing our heavenly father, thanking him for the things that we need or that we have, and then asking him for the things that we need and then closing in the name of Jesus Christ. So that's kind of the basic Yeah, basic outline. steps. And then some other things too. These are things that like we teach our children and that we practice because we feel like it's a better experience. You know, we close our eyes. We usually fold our arms or you, you know, this is like, it. there's not necessarily like one perfect way to do it. You know, some people fold their arms. Some people like, you know, clasp their hands together. It's really sweet. Millie knows like right before dinner, we'll say, okay, let's say prayer. And she just immediately folds her little arms and she knows, but, you know, kind of showing that reverence, I think not only shows our heavenly father that we're being reverent as we pray, but also it just invites like kind of a peaceful spirit for everyone to be in the right mindset, you know? Cause I think if we were doing it irreverently, like just walking around saying it, you know, out loud, just like another conversation, it just wouldn't be, it wouldn't quite set the right tone. So those little things, I think, help open those lines of communication a little bit better. And I think that I loved what you said when you were talking about, okay, Heavenly Father already knows what we're going to pray about, but it aligns our will with His. One of my favorite TV shows that I actually just finished binge watching the whole series again is New Amsterdam and they'll throw in little religious things here and there but there's an episode where the main character Max is coming in and out of the hospital and there's this like prayer group of people that are hanging out in the lobby and they're like praying for people that need prayers in the hospital and he's kind of like rolling his eyes at the beginning of the episode and then in that particular episode there was some kid that like needed a miracle and he kind of was like hey will you will you throw this kid in your prayer? And they were like, yeah, sure. And and then after he runs into the guy who's running the prayer circle and somehow, or not the prayer circle, but the prayer group, and somehow they start talking about prayer again. And I love that he says something to the effect of, you know, Max is asking, well, how does this work? It is not like the whole point of praying is you just ask for things and then you get them. And the guy responds to him and says, No, prayer changes us, not the other way around. And I think about that one little line from the TV show, New Amsterdam, all the time, that we are praying to change ourselves. I think another thing, too, is that prayer doesn't have to be 
something where you, it shouldn't feel intimidating. It doesn't have to be a rigid thing. It doesn't, I know that you were, you know, saying, okay, this is how we like to do it. And we say, dear heavenly father, we thank thee. And, and sometimes those little nuances can feel kind of like, oh, I don't want to say it wrong, or I don't want to sound stupid. Heavenly Father, I promise you, doesn't care if you get it perfectly right. He cares that you're going to make an effort, that you're trying. The little nuances of saying thee and thou, those are things that that you can work toward perfecting as you are praying. And the, and the reason why we do that is so that we can show reverence and respect to Heavenly Father. Um, but I promise you, if you're saying, dear Heavenly Father, I had a bad day today. I'm really mad at this person. I'm feeling really down. This is really overwhelming me. Can you please help me? He's not going to judge you. He's not going to think, well, that was a subpar prayer. (laughs) He just wants to hear from you. And so, but I do think that that pattern of saying thanks for the things that you have first is super powerful. And I've had really wonderful experiences too. Sometimes I've done it like during the whole month of November, or sometimes I've done it when I feel like I need to recognize my blessings more, where at least once a day, like one of my two personal prayers a day, I'll try to just say a full prayer of gratitude and not ask for anything. I like to try to do that sometimes. And like I said, sometimes I'll do it for a whole month or sometimes I'll just do it while I feel like I need to realign my perspective to see all of the blessings God is giving me. But those prayers are really powerful. I mean, think about it. If you called up your parents and every single time you just complained to them about everything that's going wrong in your life, it would set a certain tone. Whereas if you knew your parents were giving you all kinds of things and every time you got on the phone with them, you just called them and thanked them and said, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful you did this for me. And I noticed that that you sent this in the mail and that was perfect. It was just what I needed that day. And you know, the relationship with that person would change. So I love practicing that act of gratitude and doing that more in my life, I feel like opens up those windows into the windows of heaven or whatever. What other tips do you have, Neil, to add as far as how to pray? Well, I think some of the coolest prayers that I've heard a lot are are most amazing or outs, you know, things that I can think of prayer-wise are sometimes the most simple and sincere and heartfelt. I think when people are really struggling through a challenge or there's a maybe a moment or a situation, maybe something's happened, and then there's a prayer given by someone who is really feeling something deeply, whether that's a struggle or, you know, some type of a death in the family or like a serious illness or there's a serious need either for themselves or for somebody else the sincerity of those prayers like that is it's so amazing you can feel it and i think there are prayers that i've thought about or that i've prayed before or others have prayed where it's just like dear god help um mm-hmm. you know and it's like in an instant it's just like something crazy is about to happen or you're in the midst of a of a just crazy situation and you know it's not necessarily a, a time to where you have time to like really mellow out and fold your arms and bow your head and give this proper prayer. It's just kind of a real time crazy situation. And so I think I love that. I love that in the scriptures, it talks a lot about that of just praying, always praying, you know, in all situations or in your closet or in, you know, in wherever and God hears you and he will bless you. And I think that a lot of times the sweetest and most 
sincere prayers that I've heard too are from our children. Like kids, it's amazing to me how, especially our little Lila, she just has this gift of like really saying meaningful prayers and picking up on little things. She's She listens. She's an observer. She'll listen to conversations. She'll listen to and pick up on things that are going on around her. And I won't ever instruct her to pray about these things and they'll just pop up in her prayer. And I had a really sweet experience uh, a couple weeks ago. No, this was like a week ago. And Lila said the bedtime prayer. So we put our two big girls down to bed and she said the prayer that night before they went to bed. And so this was the prayer. I I actually recorded it because I not recorded it, sorry, but I wrote it down after because it was so sweet. But she said, please bless that I find one good friend and that she knows all about unicorns. And that she has a unicorn and the unicorn has purple rainbow hair and heart eyes and a rainbow tail and gold hoofs. And please bless that Annabelle finds one new friend who likes horses and has a horse and the horse has black hair and brown skin and brown hoofs. And please bless that Gaga gets a picture of her grandfather and please bless Kendall and please bless Elena and please bless Brittany. Name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And So I had not said anything to her about my friend Kendall for a long time. We hadn't talked about Kendall. She's, Kendall was on one of my previous episodes. She's one of my very best friends. And I texted Kendall and said, hey, I just, um, this is what I said to her. I said, Lila has a spiritual gift, I swear, of having superpower prayer. She will pray for the most random things sometimes or listen to a conversation or just pick up on little things going on around her. I haven't mentioned your name out loud in the longest time, but tonight she randomly threw you into her bedtime prayer. So I thought I thought that was sweet. And I also figured you, I should reach out and let you know you're loved and being thought about by a five-year-old in California. And she wrote back and said, wow, alligator tears over here. I've had one of the hardest days I've had in a while. And she said, she's pretty amazing. And I don't think it's a coincidence at all. Really grateful for such a sweet and spiritual little girl. And, you know, we went out, we were texting back and forth and she just said, kids are so insanely in tune. She seems especially connected. So it just was very, very sweet. And some of the other people that she prayed for were people she had just heard me say in passing, this person's having a hard time or this person needs extra blessings or, and she's been praying. We've been praying for my mom to get a picture of her grandfather for, you know, family history. And so it's just very sweet to me to hear our kids pick up on these things. And sometimes it feels a little like redundant, like, okay, every night telling them, okay, we need to say prayers before bed. And, but their little connection with Heavenly Father, I feel like is so strong. And so as we've taught our kids to do that, they're getting it, they're feeling it. And I think that they understand even better than sometimes it seems like they do when it feels a little bit like a chore you know, I know as parents, sometimes it can feel that way, but I think their connection with, with heaven is probably way more powerful than we even realize. Okay. Another question people might have too is when, like how often we pray or when we pray. And I know that there are really special times that certain religions pray and they have like certain times of the day or whatever for us. Neil and I typically have our individual prayers when we wake up in the morning. He gets up at a different time than me. I try really hard to say my prayers before I even, like, as I'm getting out of bed, before I leave the bedside, you know, just like roll out of bed and hit my knees and say my prayers. That's my easiest way to just make sure that that, that's a habit and it happens 
first thing every morning and it starts off my whole day. And then you guys have heard me talk about reading scriptures and how important that is to me. So I try to also do that first thing in my day. But I start off with saying that individual prayer. And I really try with those morning prayers to start off with gratitude because for me, I feel like starting that on, you know, a tone of gratitude just sets the tone for my whole day. And then we typically try to pray before every meal. And then uh, we pray together as a couple every night before we go to bed. We pray with our kids before they go to bed. Can you think of anything else, Neil, other times that we pray? Well, um, <clears throat> well, that's those are the main ones together. And then if we, when we are meeting for church, obviously oh, at yeah. the start of every class and or at the you know ending of start and ending of any meeting, usually there's a prayer. But I think also there's a there's a verse in the Bible or in several verses in the Bible that talk about having a prayer in your heart. And mm-hmm. so I think throughout the day, um, you know, when I feel like when I'm really the best connected is when I have a prayer in my heart where maybe there's some things that I'm kind of thinking about in my mind or feeling grateful for and kind of expressing to God, maybe, you know, not like out loud, but in my mind, I'm kind of expressing those things to God and being grateful or, or praying in my mind. Like a lot of times it's, it's that, you know, cause you're in situations again, you're in situations where you can't verbally pray, you know, maybe it's like a job interview or a, a really important meeting that's like vital or, you know, anything like that or, or things with work. I mean, you know, I think there are a lot of verses in the Bible that talk about that, like praying over your crops back in the day. Like, you know, it wasn't, that's kind of the way that that was the work was your field and your crops. And if they failed, then you weren't able to provide for your family. So I think God cares about that and understands that and wants, you know, he's, he's concerned about that as well. And so having a prayer in your heart, I think is, is something that throughout the day that you can do. Another thing that I feel like I've learned in adulthood that I used to say to people, oh, I'll pray for you. And I would mean to, and I would think, oh, I need to remember to pray for this person tonight when I say my my prayers tonight before I go to bed. And then a lot of times I would forget. And what I've changed is right when I say to someone, I will pray for you, I do it right then. I do it right then. And if I'm in a place where I can bow my head and say a prayer, then I do that. And even if it's a short prayer, dear Heavenly Father, please bless this person who I know needs extra blessings right now. Help them to be comforted. Help them to have whatever they need. Um, if it's thy will in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And I'll say something like that. Or sometimes if I am right in the middle of there's chaos and there's my kids and there's work and we're trying to do a million things and I see that someone needs a prayer, I, sometimes it's just in my heart and I just think in my mind and in my heart, whatever that, you know, that prayer is for that person. If we found out somebody just got in an accident or someone is in the hospital or or even just someone struggling, like sometimes it's just a quick, you know, prayer in my heart that I say in my head to Heavenly Father. And it's like, I know that those prayers count. And the reason I know those prayers count is what Neil and I went through when Dave died. Like I have never felt before in the way that I felt during that experience 
the power of collective prayer. And we had so many people reaching out to us saying, we're praying for you. Strangers, people I've never met on the internet. It was so humbling to me to hear people say that. And I've experienced that yet again in this season of life where I'm going through postpartum depression. I've had so many women reach out to me and say, I want you to know I'm praying for you. And that's so humbling to me to hear that people that I've never even met in person are praying for me. But I can feel the power of those prayers and feel like Heavenly Father's lifting my burdens because people are praying for us. And and you do feel a difference when those prayers start to diminish. You feel it's like kind of an absence of that feeling of being carried. It kind of goes away a little bit. And and not that Heavenly Father isn't there to help you, but I feel like those prayers really do count, even if they're just a quick prayer in your heart. So for me, when I say to someone, I'm praying for you, or I'll say, I've tried to change it to, I just said a prayer for you. So they know, like, I just did this and I did it right now. And it's going to count toward you receiving whatever blessing you need in alignment with Heavenly Father's will. Okay, I want to address something too that I've seen a lot of questions about. And even when I've talked about prayer on social media, I've had people say like, well, you know, how can your prayers over something insignificant matter when God isn't answering the prayers of, you know, these natural disasters or these people being affected or these children or that suffering or whatever? And, And it's a legitimate question, right? Because it seems like, How could something fairly insignificant matter to Heavenly Father when he's not able to, quote unquote, like solve all these other problems? And my answer to that, well, actually, do you have, do you have a response? Neil, I'd love to hear your response first. (laughs) Well, it's kind of the same question. I think, you know, it's a, a lot of times it's a common one. It's kind of along the lines of why do bad things happen to good people or why isn't God stopping it? You know, and and really, what it comes down to for me and my understanding um, is that there is agency. Part of you know, part of the deal here on Earth is everyone has choice and has agency. And in order for God to be God, to be perfect and you know, merciful and all wise and all powerful, the the one you know, unquestionable gift that we've been given is agency. So, you know, I, I think of a phrase that I heard in recovery is that God's the perfect gentleman. He won't, he won't come in and infringe on our agency. So a lot of these things that situations and, you know, I've, we've, we've been in the midst of, of one of those situations ourselves is things that are caused by other people and other people's agency. And I, I also, yeah, I recognize that there are natural disasters. There are situations that aren't agency caused, but I do think that God can see the end from the beginning and there yeah. are reasons and, and things that we will understand better in in the next life. And right now we just, we, we don't see it. Um, we're limited in what we can really understand and see. Totally. And I, this is very simplistic, but I always think of Finding Nemo when, what's the dad's name? Marlon? Mar- is it Marlon? Yeah. And he says, I told him nothing. I wouldn't ever let anything bad happen to him. And then Dory looks at him and says, well, if nothing ever happened to him, then nothing would ever happen to him. And I think about that all the time. I know that's super silly, but it's like if Heavenly Father sent us down to earth and allowed us to have this mortal experience where nothing bad ever happens to us, like 
nothing could ever ruin our day. There's never, you know, a tree branch in our way. There's no wind that blows our hair out of place. Like then we're not going to learn to be people who have any type of character or substance or who've gotten through anything difficult if he doesn't allow for hard things to happen to people. And uh, going back though to, you know, does God care about little things? I want to read a little excerpt from a talk that Bonnie Corden gave at BYU right before COVID happened. And I love this story so much. So this is a letter actually that her daughter-in-law wrote. And she said, while I was serving as a missionary in the United States, I was transferred to a new area in which a wonderful members would feed us four to five times a week. For the first dinner I went to, the sweet sister surprised us with pizza. Excited for such a treat, I eagerly ate my dinner and thanked the sister. The next night, you can imagine my surprise when a completely new family treated us again to pizza. I ate the pizza and thanked the family for their thoughtfulness. However, after this pattern had been repeated every night for two weeks, I was sick of pizza and started dreading dinner with members. Finally, when it started to weigh me down, I dropped to my knees and told Heavenly Father I was so grateful for the member service, but I could not eat any more pizza. I needed a break and a meal of fresh vegetables would be wonderful. That evening, after a long day of work, we arrived at a member's home for dinner. The mother was visibly nervous as we sat down to eat. She explained that she was trying to cook healthier for her family, but if we did not like her dinner, she could order us a pizza. She then served us a scrumptious dinner of fresh vegetables. In prayer, I thanked Heavenly Father for the break from pizza and courageously asked if it was possible to have curry with rice for dinner. My heart started to giggle when we showed up for our next dinner appointment and we were served curry with rice. This pattern continued for an entire week. Each morning I would pray specifically for what I wanted to eat and that night the members would unknowingly serve us the exact meal I had asked for. Finally, after a week, I told Heavenly Father he had won. I couldn't think of any dinner that he couldn't deliver, and I was ready to return to pizza or to whatever the members served. After that prayer, my heart felt light and unburdened, and I was grateful for such a mindful and loving Father in heaven. And I believe in this. I Like a week ago, there were all kinds of things that were weighing me down. We had business things, family things, like a lot of different just tricky pieces to our life puzzle that were feeling extremely overwhelming to me. And I started praying very specifically to Heavenly Father for answers to some of the questions that I had. And I really prayed so intently, Heavenly Father, whatever your will is, whatever is going to be best for our family, I trust you. So, but please help me to know exactly what to do about this. Please help me to know exactly where to send our kids to school and how to do schooling this year and how to do childcare and how to juggle our schedule. And I just started asking all these questions. And within a couple of days, the pieces to the puzzle started coming together in ways that I never could have pictured. Don't you agree, Neil? For sure. It was remarkable what happened. And sometimes the pieces don't fall into place as quickly as you would expect them to. And that's part of being patient and trusting God, right? Because when your kid wants car keys when they're 13, because it looks like it's it would be fun to drive. You don't hand your 13-year-old car keys because you know better. You know that they need to go through a longer process of doing driver's ed and driving with parents and knowing all the laws and being mature enough to stop when there's a stoplight and not killing someone when you run a red light. And, you know, there's wisdom in being a parent and not allowing your child to do things before they're ready. And I feel like a lot of times that's how Heavenly Father works with us, but also he recognizes 
when we need help immediately, right? Like if your kid was about to fall into a pool and you know they can't swim, you would save them immediately if you knew that was the best thing for them. <laughs> so um, so that's how I feel about the question of does Heavenly Father care? How can he care about something insignificant in my life when there's all these other very important things going on in the world? Yeah. Well, I think that begs the question as well of kind of like the unanswered prayers. And a lot of times I think that can be such a source of struggle for, I've struggled with that for sure. And I know I've heard other people say like, man, I'm just struggling. I feel like this is such a good thing that it's such a, you know, a a desire that's right. Maybe it's about like education or like we want another child in our family or, you know, something that seems so good and so right. And like, why would this not be happening? I'm praying for it. I have faith and belief. It's, it's, you know, on all fronts, it looks like it's the right thing. And, and I think there, for me, I've come to understand, and it's always in retrospect that a lot of times or all the time, God has a better plan than what I would have thought of. Like my best thinking and my best, like, man, if I could just construct my life to look like this, it would be perfect and everyone would be stoked and it would be great. But I look at what ends up happening through different, a lot of times challenges. On the other side of it, I think God puts, has put me into a place or puts, I've seen it with other people that is so far beyond anything that they ever would have thought. And I love the phrase, there's a guy in in one of the meetings that we we go to, um, one of the uh, the ARP meetings. And he says, you know, it's a, it's a phrase within recovery that if you got everything that you wanted, you would shortchange yourself for what God has in store for you. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning that in the end of the day, God knows what's best and what we are going to be the happiest um, in getting and what's going to help us to develop and grow and become the people that he wants to to become. So there, there's a huge element of trust in that. Um, but that said, it's, it's, it's not easy, but it's absolutely worth it. I agree. One of our favorite talks that Neil and I have talked about so many times in our marriage is called Where is the Pavilion? It's from October 2012. And it's a man named Henry B. Eyring who gave this talk or this speech. And he says, many of us in moments of personal anguish feel that God is far from us. The pavilion, meaning like whatever's shielding us from that communication with God. If you, if you're like imagining, you know, our prayers going directly up to heaven and then heavenly father sending answers directly down to us. A pavilion is kind of like whatever's blocking that direct line of communication. So anyway, back to the quote, the pavilion that seems to intercept divine aid does not cover God, but occasionally covers us. God is never hidden, yet sometimes we are covered by a pavilion of motivations that draw us away from God and make him seem distant and inaccessible. Our own desires, rather than a feeling of thy will be done, create the feeling of a pavilion blocking God. God is not unable to see us or communicate with us, but we may be unwilling to listen or submit to his will and his time. Our feeling of separation from God will diminish as we become more childlike before him. That is not easy in a world where opinions of other human beings can have such an effect on our motives, but it will help us recognize this truth. God is close to us and aware of us and never hides from his faithful children. And I believe that so much that Heavenly Father is just looking for ways to bless us, but it's often our own choices, our own you know, distancing 
that makes it a little bit hard to hear him. And I think that, you know, there have been times where Heavenly Father's tried to kind of give me a nudge in one direction. And I'm like, ah, sorry, sorry, God, I don't like that answer. Give me a new one. And that's just not how it works. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't say like, oh, here's your platter of different choice. You know, I mean, of course we have choices in life, but if you're asking him for an answer or for direction, sometimes it's not the direction you want. But the more, like he says in that talk, the more childlike you are, the more willing to submit to God's will you are, the more that the pavilions will go away and you'll be able to have that direct access to hearing what God wants you to do. Because to me, it really is all about how willing are you to trust him and trust him completely. And that's, I feel like when we've had just crazy blessings, it's been when we've taken some pretty big leaps of faith based upon whatever we feel like God's telling us to do. And the reward for those have been pretty tremendous. For me personally, with prayer and with that relationship with God, that's kind of like the foundational thing. That's how I work a spiritual program. It all is through prayer. And specifically with the 12 steps, it's all done, not all of it, but but a lot of it's done or most of it's done in part with prayer in each of the steps. So I love one, two, and three steps. The first three steps of the 12 steps have to do with basically kind of removing that pavilion or getting out of the way and then allowing God to take control where you've completely lost it and and, and it's unmanageable. And really for me, it's it was a recognition that that's like, kind of, it's not just with an addiction or with one particular struggle. That's like everything, like letting go of everything and letting God kind of direct and and trying to align yourself to his will. So I love the way that it was explained to me. And it's kind of an attitude that I've tried to approach prayer with, which is I can't, God can, so I'm going to listen, which is the first kind of basically in short, the first three steps. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of surrendering and approaching them with an attitude of humility. Because I think the problems that I have in, in, in my life and where I've run into issues is where my will or my pride or my ego or selfishness or whatever it is gets in the way of what God would have me do or in either, either to help other people or to help myself or my family. Like I, I feel like I know better. And then that creates a situation where I've chosen and I've used my agency in a way that's not in line with his and he won't infringe on that. And so I then, you know, stop in my progression or maybe there's a, a, a huge blessing that I, you know, if I would just listen and kind of humble myself that that would happen and an opportunity would happen. But um, I need to get out of the way in order for that to happen. I think one of the most powerful things with prayer is just feeling the love of your Heavenly Father. If if you have no idea where to start, I would say pray to feel Heavenly Father's love for you and that He knows you individually, that He knows your name, He knows what you're going through, He knows what your struggles are, He knows what you're stressed about, what is weighing you down. And I promise you, I don't promise a lot of, you know, I, I try to like be careful to promise or guarantee things because everyone has different experiences. But this is one thing I will absolutely 1 million percent guarantee. If you get down on your knees and you ask sincerely to feel God's love, you will feel it. I promise you will. 
I promise that he will help you feel his love for you individually. And that if you need a miracle in your life, that if you pray and you ask God sincerely to give you that miracle, if it's his will, that one of two things will happen. Either the miracle will happen or another miracle will happen, which is that you will feel peace and understanding of why things needed to be the way they are. And that's just how prayer has worked for me. And I promise that if you have a sincere desire to have that communication with our Heavenly Father, that He's just waiting to hear from you and to give you blessings that are totally ready for you and in store for you if you'll just ask. Prayer is real. It's a real thing that I've been blessed with so much throughout my life. It's blessed my children. It's blessed my family. And I promise it, it will bless you too. And um, I'm just grateful for the chance. Like, I just feel so grateful that we have this opportunity to tell whoever ends up sitting down and listening to this of our experience with prayer and how it's been a blessing in our life. And I really, I can't wait for you, if you haven't experienced that yet, for you to feel that love because I promise it's real. Anyway, thanks again for joining us, you guys. We'll put all of these um, speeches, talks, quotes, everything into the show notes. And if you have questions, you can reach out to us, neil at mintarrow.com or corinne at mintarrow.com. And we'd love to talk to you about prayer. We'd love to give you any help or advice that we can if, if you're still looking for some guidance or some things to read up on or ways that you can find um, even more information on prayer. So thanks for being with us this week. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.